You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 152 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, coming at you live from New York City. Um, I said it was a snowy wonderland, winter wonderland last time. Now it's a slushy. Anyone who knows New York... Four days after it snows, it is no longer a pristine, white, beautiful sight uh, for your eyes. It is it is a dirty, slushy, you know, all the dog owners. I love dogs, folks. Don't get me wrong. But uh, if you own a dog and you live in New York, the snow is not an excuse for you to just leave the you-know-what just laying there like that. Because uh, that's, that's always fun. Like the day after this, when the snow melts and you find everyone's been stepping in. You know what? I'm not bringing out the beeps. Uh, but so yes, that's the current state of New York City as we speak. Um, and perhaps that's a metaphor. Uh, I'm just joking. Um, so yes, we have a match to talk about this week. I am alone, as I reported in the last episode, for anyone who um, isn't paying attention, I guess we could say. Uh, Evron is... Actually, I think maybe as we speak, he's en route to Turkey to to do some trying out. Uh, So best of luck to our man. Uh, There will be no stat flash this week either. Um, That is just a bit of miscommunication. And plus, dude, had to get ready to go. Perhaps live abroad, huh? Um, But so, yeah, I'm running this thing solo. Again, best of luck to everyone. Everyone... Knock on wood for our boy. Um, hope the Akman is going to be blessing our, no longer our uh, podcast sets, but perhaps our TV sets uh, in years to come. Maybe he'll fill that void for Besiktas in the center of our midfield someday. No pressure, kid. Um, but so, Antalya Spor, uh, for anyone who had been paying attention, um, I don't know why he would. Who the heck are we? But um, I have been talking a bit about Antalya Spor's results and their sort of, uh, you know, after they got walloped uh, by Hatay Spor um, at home, no less. They went on a nice run. Let me make sure that they were at home. I'm pretty sure they were at home. Yeah, they were indeed at home. Um, uh, after that terrible result for them, they drew Galatasaray, beat Fatih Karagumruk pretty soundly, beat Guztepe, beat Bursaspor in the cup in the round of 16, uh, drew Trabzon, who we know, that's no easy result, and they did that a man down, no less. Uh, they drew Konyaspor, which I guess you could call that a slip-up. Uh, they beat Gensler, but they uh, nil to one on the road, so in Ankara. <coughs> and so that's that's where they were coming into our match. Um a nice 
sizable seven game unbeaten run. And uh, very few games drawn even, really. But they squeaked most of those results out 1-0. They're a real park the bench, or sorry, I should say park the bus uh, outfit. Especially, I suppose, after conceding those six goals to Hatay. They uh, boarded up shop, if you will. And so this was going to be a tough result. There was no doubt about that. Um, that said, I think uh, we uh, were coming off a very disappointing result against Trabzonspor ourselves. And we would have wanted to bounce back our, and, and take this one by the throat. Um, so, you know, conflicting narratives here, if you will. Uh, as far as the lineup went, I, I can't lean on our boy Evran to, to do the reporting for me anymore. So, Erison was in the goal, Domagos Vida and Wellington on the back line. So, Wellington is back in for Montero, which is never my preferred move. And Sakala and Rosier were out on the flanks of our defense. Uh, nobody should be surprised by that, as uh, many will remember probably that Didvan Yilmaz was injured in our previous match against Trabzon early in that match. And he'll be out for a couple weeks, supposedly. So, um, in Cycle, at least we have a guy we can rely on there. In the midfield, we would see Atiba and Joseph. So, two defensive midfielders again, or at least, you know, theoretically. Uh, with Adem Lijajic, the number 10 in there. Um, so, Adem getting the start, which is fun to see for a lot of us, probably. Uh, Kyle Laren would start alongside Nkudu. So, Gazal would get the rotational... Uh, rest, if you will. And Vincent Abubakar would play up front alone, as per usual. Um, to note for uh, any Antalya Spore followers out there, Nuri Shahin was starting for for them. Gokhtin is Bayraktar. was their striker. People may recall that we were linked with him uh, once upon a time. Um, Evron was fairly disappointed we didn't Get him, as I recall. Um, also, Amilton and Freddy, two guys that have troubled us in the past. Uh, Rude Bofan was their keeper. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're a pretty solid side for the, the Turkish Super League. Obviously, Ersan Gulum on their bench. Many, uh, especially Tesh fans, will, re- will recognize him. But so, yeah. Um, I don't know. A good match on paper. Um... Like I said, two competing narratives, two teams with strong incentives to win, um, and with uh, momentum, I suppose. Although, again, Besiktas, more in the sense of us needing to regain momentum, having lost to Trebzone. Uh, but so, yeah, let's talk a little bit here about this match. I'll try to be thorough. Um, I've, I've historically relied on Evron quite a bit to do the color commentary, so I'll do my best to fill in for our boy. Uh, but so yeah, the game would would jump off um, kind of back and forth initially, but it, it seemed like we had the energy coming out the gates, which you'd expect. Again, um, we really needed to, to come out with the initiative having come out on our flat foot against Trabzon. Actually, that's not true. We actually had a really good first half against Trabzon. But I guess I mean, generally speaking. Um, but so yeah, the first real action of the match came in the ninth minute. Valentin Rosier made a nice run, um, queued up Adem Lijajic in the middle, who, who sort of ran in behind the strikers perfectly. 
a damn really a, a pretty good solid strike on the ball and rude Bofan with a, with a good save um perhaps the shot was a little too close to him but um credit to the keeper uh, i think i think i damn yeah, did pretty well on a um one touch volley effort uh that would be i mean there'd be a lot of shots that were not particularly impressive or dangerous just generally speaking that i won't really report on too much I'll just talk about the, the good ones. Um, in the 27th minute, Joseph would really uh, intelligently set on Nkudu, um, you know, getting him to utilize his pace. Uh, he'd make a nice run around <clears throat> around Antalya's keeper, Bofin, uh, which you'd think would be good. He's the main threat for them defensively, if we're going to be honest. Um, but Nkudu's cross uh he has to send it in and across he couldn't make the run because he'd sent it a bit a, too far ahead of himself uh but he catches on to it sends it in for a cross but naldo is the one who gets on the other side of it and clears it out uh destroying the chance for us um in the 37th minute rude Bofin sets up freddy who uh, for some reason is in the back who really miscues it and and passes it to kyle laren who has a bit of space and uh, Rubo fans out of position, but Kyle Aaron kind of skews it a little too gently and Rubo finds makes an easy save. And unfortunately that would set up in the very next minute, um, perhaps in the run-up uh, after that play, Freddy, uh, also a very intelligent pass uh, to Eren Albayrak, um, who, yeah, I mean, you can't really say enough about this cross. Perfect. Um, gets it around our defense and onto the head of Evan Akman's boy, Gokdeniz Bayraktar, uh, who does really well, actually. His head is, um, he sort of takes the spin off of the cross and sends it in a direct line, almost into the, to the post, but just perfectly, not even, just like uh, perfectly into the corner of the goal. Um, Erison is caught flat-footed. Can't really say much about that. I mean, it's really close and... There's almost no chance he has on it. It's a goal. Uh, and their one chance, literally, Antalya um, Sport to this point has had one chance. That was it. And it's a goal. And uh, it's it's a tough one because the cross is just pinpoint itself. Um, it's not like Gokdenez is poorly defended necessarily. Um, he hardly has space to get his head on it, does so, however, uh, and, and just slots it perfectly. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. It is what it is, uh, and it's very unfair. It goes very much against the run of play. You hate to, to say this is becoming a theme, but literally in Trabzon, we played a flawless half in Trabzon. This was by no means a flawless half, although, like I mentioned, we had a number of chances. They didn't have any. Um, and against Trabzon, right, we, we gave up a very unlucky, undeserved goal against the run of play. And in that case, it was an own goal. And it was just an absolutely outrageous one. Um, but in this case, they just make the most of one chance. A bit of talent, I guess you could say, to be honest. Um, and there it is, an unfair 1-0 lead going into the half. So that unlike in Trabzon, it wasn't even just an equalizer. It was even more deflating. We, we took the... The, the L on this, so we're behind going into the half. 
it's not looking good. I think we can all agree. Um, certainly not looking good. <coughs> and that would be uh, that would be it going into the half. Um, no subs made at halftime. Um, I mentioned I did not mention rather. Uh, Vesel Saidi got himself a, a yellow card in the 29th minute, and Rude Bofan a, a yellow card in the 36th minute. But beside that, uh, no um, cards on our part. Um, pretty clean half of football from us. Uh, you know, again, not a bad half, I don't think. Um, we obviously would have wanted to do better, uh, especially up front. To be fair, Antalya was, for the most part, largely playing nine men back at all times. From that, from that get-go, this is not like after they scored this goal. From the outset, you could count their men back, and it was eight or nine at all times. So, um, we were doing our best, I guess. You know, and it wasn't enough, you could also say. Um, I, I, I've, we've long, I've personally long argued, and I think everyone has begun to echo that we need two actual wingers out there, perhaps, you know, um, that they can kind of weigh defensively on the one winger of talent. And so in this case, it was just playing to include his speed. And even still, he broke through on the one run where he broke past Bofan, and he was still relatively dangerous. Um, I'd make the argument he was putting in the most effort and he was the, the biggest threat to them for much of that first half. But uh, alone, it wasn't much and like Laren, isn't doing it technically, you know. Um, it's just not what he does. He's he's more of a striker. You know, he's playing out of position uh, to effect, to great effect, perhaps, but uh, not in these cases. Like, you know, and this is back-to-back situations where that might be. I mean, it might not be his time to be playing. And I think we're hoping for that magic goal that he's supplied thus far. But I don't think you should be sort of gearing yourself tactically for it. To be honest. Uh, maybe, especially not in these situations where you need that finesse, where you're playing against teams with real talent um, on both sides of the ball. But so, um, first action in the second half is a, a cross from Laren, which is, I don't know if the cross is bad or if there's just no one going forward to get onto the other, other side of it, but um, it's defended out on, but with a header right onto the foot of Atiba, who takes a couple dribbles on it. And sends in a lovely shot low um, to the to his left, and uh, Rudbofen makes a great diving save. So that was unfortunate. Um, subs would be made in the uh, 56th minute. Rashid Ghazal coming on for Nkudu, who um, has had the bulk of our attacking on his wing thus far. Might be tired again, though. The Ghazal. Nkudu swap so we don't get the two wingers um, so they can now queue in uh, Rashid Ghazal instead of Nkudu instead of having the diversity on, uh, of options. Um, also Ozan Ozyukup comes in for Atiba Hutchinson and Bernard Mensah comes in for Adem Lijic and immediately Rashid, Rashid Ghazal would make his presence known with a free kick that would um, drop to Kyle Laren, I believe, um, and he would, um, on the far post, he would get a ball in on goal that would be saved for a header, not a particularly dangerous effort, um, you know, did, did they, they both did the best with, with what they had there, but in the end it wasn't uh, quite enough. Um, in the 66th minute, uh, Fabrice Nsakala, who 
was immediately better with Gazelle out there for some reason. Um, although, again, played fairly solid up to this point too. He sends in a very nice cross for Kyle Laren. Um, and he's fit, he forces a very good diving save from Rude Ball Fan. And so, now at this point, I've, I've already mentioned three good Rude Ball Fan saves. So this is just another week where we come against a keeper who breaking my balls over here. What are you doing? Um, but so yeah, 68th minute, Valentin Rosier uh, does some good dribbling, has it taken off him, recovers, gets it back to Bernard Mensa, who sends in a shot just wide low. Um, and that would sort of set up the next move. We we're in the 69th minute. We would get, again go on the attack on the counter this time. Uh, and Vesel Sadi would reach back, um, grab a bit of Kyle Lounge shirt. In this case, his arms up, which is dangerous, as you know, can be the case. Kyle Lauren has suffered this himself a few times, and, and a couple times unfairly, we've called it out. Um, where he's just a big guy and his arm happens to be where most people's faces are because um, of his height. In this case, however, uh, Vaisal Sadi's arm is moving up towards Kyle Laren's shirt. He grabs his shirt, happens to be around his neck. Uh, he grabs his collar, his fisted hand with a bunch of Kyle Laren's collar in it. Also goes up and sort of does a little light punch on Kyle Laren's face. Uh, Kyle Aaron goes down, grabbing said face, uh, perhaps theatrically, one could argue, but I think you got to do it. When you, when you feel someone contact your face, you got to make sure the refs know what's happened, because that's a very guaranteed yellow card in, especially the Turkish Super League. I don't know if that's the, the global standard or not, but um, like I said, we've, we've been on the other end of this before, and in much less obviously sort of foul scenarios, um, where... Again, you know, Kyle Aaron is just like moving, you know, his arm back to sort of hold off a defender. It just happens to be where the dude's face is because Kyle Aaron's a good foot taller than a defender or whatever it might be. But, um, but so yeah, Vaisal Sade gets the second yellow card for that. And I think a very deserved one. I don't know how anybody could argue otherwise, honestly. And there's a bit of hubbub after the match. I won't even address it because, like I said, it's a very clear yellow card. I think you could make the argument that it's very likely a yellow card just for the fact that he's grabbing the dude's shirt, Kyle Laren, on the attack, stopping the attack by grabbing Kyle Laren's shirt and pulling him down. That's yellow cardable, very likely, maybe debatably. But the fact that he additionally makes contact with our man's face, the family man's face, um, that man has two daughters. He's Hitting the face of a of a of a of a loving father, man. You can't you can't be messing around. That's that's an absolute yellow card offense. Even if he wasn't a loving father, which he is, because he is the family man. Um, and yeah, yellow card, second yellow card, because I mentioned that Vasel's had got the the first half yellow card as well. And so, man is out. My man is out. And you can't even say that the fact that this card occurs is what is what's responsible for what happens next because it's on the very next play on the ensuing free kick uh, and I should mention maybe Ersan Gulum comes into the match meanwhile but um, on the ensuing free kick Rashid Gazal of course uh, again even uh, this time finds Domagoj Vida quite lovely ball 
Um, there's no debate. Domagojvit is in space. He doesn't touch anyone. Just sort of... I don't even think he uses his head. I think he just sort of chests it in. Lovely as you like. It's That's it. We're equalized. 1-1. One, one. And this goal, again, like I said, is not because we're a man up at this point. Because it's right off of the ensuing free kick. So this was an absolute run of play. Um, from there... Uh, it's we're looking for that for that go ahead goal obviously. Um, so the second seventy second minute is when that goal is clocked in. Seventy seventh minute, another corner from Gezal, of course. Uh, again finds Vida, who's close. No cigar. Eightieth uh, minute. Well, uh, no, sorry, Insakala. Um, Again, a lovely cross, and that's I've mentioned this a couple times in the match too. Sakala has had a lovely day of crossing the ball, which is not what he's supposed to be able to do. Um, and that's the second in a row. He had a, he had a nice cross against Trabzon as well, the, the assist, in fact. Um, but in the 80th minute, he finds Kyle Laren, um, who stops suddenly going the other way. Lovely, uh, just great touch actually, and it just kisses the wrong side of the post. They say football is a game of inches. That could have been the go-ahead goal, uh, and it would have been a lovely one for Kyle Aaron, his 13th. Uh, to, to be uh, of note, both Kyle Aaron and Abubakar are now looking for that unlucky 13th. So hopefully it doesn't take too long. Hopefully it's not that unlucky. Um, but this one hits the post. 80th minute, we had the chance. Does not pay off. 83rd minute, they make a sub. Uh, Sydney same for anyone who wants to know for Amil Tone. So they're going defensive. Again, they're a man down, so you get it. Um, 85th minute, uh, Goktenez Bayraktar almost does it again, uh, and he gets a, the second shot for Antalya Spor in the entire match, uh, but Wellington does really well, actually, to block it, uh, so perhaps people didn't have that one in the cards, Wellington saving the day, he does, perhaps theoretically, I don't know, um, but so yeah, in the 86th minute, Abubakar on a nice little dribble move, um, cues himself up, takes a shot, maybe slides a little bit, but maybe not. In the end of the day, his shot fizzles out, does not um, pose any danger to our opposition, unfortunately. And it's still 1 1. Uh, Hakan Uzmet comes into the game for Eren Albayrak. Dogakan Sinek comes in for Freddy. Uh, 91st minute, Naldo gets himself a yellow card. Uh, 93rd minute, Joseph hits Hakan Uzmert uh, with an arm. Again, this one's in the air, however, not quite the same as the scenario with uh, Kyle Aaron earlier. So Antalya Spurs like, ah, how does he not get a card for that? Sort of inconsequential. It's literally the last second. The whistle's blown 30 seconds later. Uh, is it, was it cardable? There's certainly contact to the head, but it's different because they're both going up for a header um, on a... On a you know, keeper clearing the ball scenario. Um, so they're both in the air, and there are a lot of arms flying around. So it's not at all the same scenario where they're both on the ground, and one dude's arm is flying up and hitting someone in the face, and grabbing his shirt at the same time. <laughs> uh, it's it's a different scenario. But either way, maybe he deserved a card for that. Doesn't get it, which is good for us special touch fans, because we're talking about Joseph here again. But yeah, that's it. That's it. The game would end. Uh, in the 94th minute, I think. Um, oh, no. Actually, I take that back. Scratch that. It says it was in the 98th minute. So that must have been like the 97th minute then. Yeah, thing with 
Joseph. I must have read that wrong. But anywho, um, that's it. Game would end one to one, a draw, and that is not the result we wanted. I think we can all agree on that. Um, I'll just dive right into the stats because um, I feel like there's a point that needs to be made here. I'm not going into to everyone's advanced stats. I'm not doing any XG old school. Uh, mostly just because I don't know what site he uses or how he gets those results. I'm not like internet, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, illiterate or anything like that. I just literally I, I don't know where he gets them. I should have gotten that. I, I'm relying on him, on him to do these stat flashes. So uh, just for a week, you'll do without the advanced stats. But what I will say is that Bachitash had 17 shots to their two. Eight on target to their one. So they had one shot on target, one goal. Uh, the only other shot I mentioned is the one that Wellington saved. Bachitash had 68% possession to their 32. 641 passes completed to their 310. At an 86% clip to their only 67% clip. So they played um, inefficient, relatively poor football, but I suppose you could say um, effectively defensive, right? They parked the old bus. Um, what went from about eight or nine players back in the first half to after their goal went around um, nine or ten, to be honest, uh, with, with their striker kind of where most people's central midfielder would be uh, for most of the match, anyhow. Um... Ten fouls committed by Besiktas, actually, to their nine. Only one yellow card handed out for us to their two. Uh, and obviously they had one red card as well. We had seven corner kicks to their three, which, you know, suggests we were in their side of the pitch for much of the game, which we were. Um, for anyone curious to know who the yellow card was that on our end, it was actually Bernard Mensa who got it right after entering the game. I don't even remember it, to be honest. Um... And I'll talk a little bit about performances, I suppose. Uh, speaking of Mensa, he, he was lively right as soon as he entered, as was Rashid Ghazal. Two subs that made sense uh, and, you know, were effective, obviously. I'm not giving them any Man of the Match awards because they uh, didn't play full matches. Um, I would probably have to go with, and I know we gave it to him last week, and, or I should say in the last match, playing multiple matches a week now, but... Uh, again, back to back, I'm giving it to Ansakala uh, because he was really good, to be honest. Valentin Jose was, again, I thought very solid, back to being solid. Um, I, I wish I had everyone's individual stats to back up my presumptions here. Um, I think Joseph was probably also took a tick back in the right direction. Uh, I wouldn't give him a man of the match or anything like that. Uh, Atiba was his usual self, kind of leader in most facets, but uh, I think I'm, I'm just going to say it. Um, my guy Uzjan, one of our one of our Scottish twins, said it on Twitter and I, I agreed vehemently that uh, I think, and I've, I've been saying it, I think Joseph, Bernard Mensa, and Adam Lijic would by default be the best midfield in Turkey. I guess now that Mesut Ozil is here and whatnot, there are complicating factors here, but that's a really solid center midfield. Uh, and with Adem Liayic back out there, that's what I've been wanting to see. That's what I wanted to see from day one. And then Adem Liayic disappeared, and perhaps now he's back. 
Let me see it. Um, Adem Liage was pretty solid and he was, he was present and active. Um, just, I guess, relative to the fact that, like, I think Kyle Lahren and, and Vincent Abubakar were sort of ghosty in that first half. And obviously, they're both guys that need um, that need distribution. They need the ball sort of sent their way. And so that's, you know, Nkudu is not the man with the, with the touch, perhaps. Uh, he was very active, though. And so you got to say he was, by and large, the one trying the most and the most sort of um, present offensively in the, in the first half. Uh, but off, like we really got it together in the second half. Obviously, being up a man helped. But even before then, you know, I think really the the subs were um, like I rarely say that, um, and I rarely give Sergey Yalchin credit for making the right subs. But uh, these were, I think, Mensa and and Gazal coming on with the right moves. I don't know that they were the right subs as far as Mensa coming on for Ljajic. And Ozan coming on for Atiba. You know, I, I would have liked to, to have seen Mensa coming on for Atiba. Uh, but certainly Gazal coming in for that. Again, I would have put him in for uh, Kyle Laren and kept the two wingers. We probably, I think, may, may have made the comeback. Because, you know, Nkudu, again, was active. And I think with a little space, which Gazal, excuse me, uh, would have provided. Um, yeah, I think... Nkudu could have maybe had enough energy to get a little bit more done there for us, perhaps. But so, yeah, I'm giving it to Nsakula. Just, you know, he played well defensively, um, contributed in the attack again. You know, he's been more than a uh, welcome addition. Uh, and given that Ridvan's injured, and uh, I think we were, a lot of us were assuming the worst when that occurred. So, yeah, shouts to, to him. He has not been the problem for us. Uh, again, their goal came down Rosia's side, came on the right side. I don't think you could blame Valentine Rosia for the goal. Um, just one of those counters against the run of play that just came off really well. But so, yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, and that's not the end of it. That's not the end of the bad news. And I, I guess the good news is that we salvaged a point, at least. Um, we came back from being a goal down and did that despite them having very thoroughly parked the bus. Um, but on top of that, the other bad news, of course, is uh, in the way of Fener, Fener Bache. Fener Bache beat Hatai 1-2 uh, on the road. Um, yeah, Lupenza did not come through. He had a lot of opportunities. Uh, Hatai had better XG for those who follow that sort of thing. Uh, and still, Fener won. Galatasaray also won, beating Bashaksha here 3 to nil, Just absolutely flattening them. Again, Onyakuru coming off uh, uh, as a goal scorer. Um, there are their other new guy, that Mustafa Mohamed fellow. Uh, their new striker scored a penalty for them, so I don't know if that really counts. But, um, yeah. Uh, our rivals won. We drew. So obviously the bad news now is that we're technically in third place. I think because head-to-head with God's today, we, we would end in second. You know, push came to shove. So that would be the good news, I suppose. But uh, we still want to win this thing. And we're certainly not out by any stretch. Now, what we are currently, having all played 22 matches now, is we are now three points behind Fenner. That sucks. We all know that sucks. We all were very, very, very happy to be in first place for as long as we were. And we're probably all very, very, very sad 
not to be in first place now. Um, and even perhaps theoretically in third or whatever that might be. But here's the outlook. We're three points back. Fenner has 48 points. Galatasaray has 45. We have 45. Trabzon has 39. So they're now six points behind us, which mm, that's smelly, but uh, still space. Alani has 38. Hatay 35. Gaziantep 35, etc. Et Who cares? They're, they're absolutely out of it. Um, if it's a five-horse race, fine. Uh, you could you can make the argument Travis not really in the race yet. Uh, there's still nine points back of Unfenner. I mean, look, there's a lot of matches to be played yet. It's we're just past the halfway point, so I guess I shouldn't write anyone off. Um, Besiktas came back uh, from ten points back to almost within first place, for example, not long ago. Um, so yeah, the good news is we don't have to do that. We certainly don't have to do that again. Uh, we need, we're just three points back. And not only are we just three points back, but Fenner and Galatasaray are playing this Saturday. Uh, so if they drew, for example, we would be one point back with a victory. Um, asterisk, right? Uh, and if one of them loses, then we're, you know, if, if Galatasaray wins, for example, we're back into first, at least on head to head with them uh, and Fenner. So we'd all have 48 points in that scenario, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if we really want to ever be rooting for Galatasaray. I think by default you want to kind of go for a draw, perhaps. But I don't know. Do what you want. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. At the end of the day, that's the standings. We are very much alive, and uh, we could be back in the hunt as soon as Sunday. Uh, Saturday, in fact. Um, it's now officially Friday here in New York, uh, just past midnight. Um, so what that means is that tomorrow... <laughs> I uh, hate, hate to be that guy, but tomorrow Fenner is playing Galatas today. So yeah, tomorrow uh, we're going to have a much clearer sense of what we need to do on Sunday uh, against Konyaspor. Uh, and obviously what we need to do is win. That, that's never going to be any different. But um, yeah, so that, so it begins. And so w uh, what we're going to be doing now is playing Konyaspor in back-to-back -back matches. We're going to be hosting Konya on Sunday this Coming Sunday, February 7th at 11 a.m. here uh, on the East Coast of the United States in New York. Uh, check your local listings. Uh, and on Thursday, the 11th at 12.45 p.m., uh, so a little later in the afternoon for us. Again, Eastern Standard Time here in New York. So check your local listings. But yeah, 12.45 on Thursday, the 11th, we're going to be in Konya. Uh, for the quarterfinals of the Turkish Cup. I think most of us would happily, if we had to trade a, a win for a loss, we'll take the win in the in the league. We need we need these three points very desperately, uh, especially with our rivals playing against each other this, this match day. Uh, yeah, but so come the end of match day 23, things could be looking up. Um, I will very briefly give you a preview of the kind of form that Konyaspor is on. Uh, it's not great. Okay, I'll be honest. They've, they've drawn their last two matches. Last week they, they drew against Genschler. The week before they drew against Antalya, the, the uh, bus parkers. Before that they lost to Trabs on 3-1. Uh, they lost to Guztepe 2-3. Uh, so their last win was against Gaziantep, who's not a bad side, but in the, in the Turkish Cup. So perhaps Gaziantep wasn't playing fully strengthened side. Before that they lost to Fatih Karagum. Um, so their last victory came ironically against Galatasaray on January 5th let's hope we're not a victim of whatever nonsense that is the one thing we can say is that Galatasaray was playing in Konya which you know once upon a time when when we were all playing in front of fans 
was a place you didn't really want to play in. Uh, and, and we can definitely say that this week we'll be playing at home against Konya uh, since we uh, played on the road in Antalya last week, which, you know, shouldn't be so bad a trip to the beach, but apparently we struggled there. Uh, but so anyway, I should mention now Antalya is, by the way, in ninth place, solid mid-table side on 30 points, um, fairly thoroughly out of the relegation zone, which is uh, standing at 20 points at the top there. Of the relegation zone, Gensler is there. Um, additionally, I should mention that Konyaspor is in 15th place. Um, they have a game in hand still. They've only played 21 matches because um, of all that earthquake, nasty business. Um, they, they, they were one of the teams that didn't play a match, I suppose. But so they've got 24 points on 21. Uh, so they could theoretically have 27 points and be up as high as 11th place. But uh, yeah, I mean, certainly for Besiktas, with 45 points in third. This should be a win, but again, that's just paper talk. And what we need to see is something happening on the pitch, for real. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. Um, no more rumor front news, right? The, the transfer window's over, as we've mentioned. Jenk Tosun, uh, he should be available in this cup, upcoming match. Uh, we don't know if he'll be brought right into the lineup. Knowing again, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but so, yeah, he might make an appearance on the bench, perhaps. Um, Bilal Ceylan, who knows? He's, he's just the backup anyway, and uh, we probably want to be seeing Valentin Rosier as much as we can for now. Um, but so, yeah, stay tuned, folks. Big match on Sunday. Um, we got to beat Konya, 11 a.m. here um, in New York. So, yeah, check your local listings. Um and yeah, again, the date for that is February 7th. So uh, just two days from when I'm releasing this episode. Of course, that doesn't mean that's when you're listening to the episode. So yeah, check your listings. Stay up on it. Um, huge match incoming. And of course, I will be back. Will I be featuring another co-host? Eh, probably not. We shall see. Uh, certainly, our boy, the Akman, will hopefully be back with some stats. Uh, but if not, because he's, who knows, you know, maybe he's playing professionally for someone already or uh, in training or trying out or, you know, who knows what. He has food poisoning in a Turkish hotel, <laughs> whatever it might be. Um, again, good luck to our boy, the Akman, in his adventures in Turkey. Uh, and stay tuned with us. Follow us on Twitter um, at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself. At sir underscore right underscore a lot. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. And, uh, you know, donate to our friends down in Ghana. Um, my boy, Mohammed Aminu, really cool dude. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're building the future of Besiktas. Hopefully, one step at a time. The Akman is going to be one piece of the puzzle. Uh, some some players down from, from Ghana someday coming up to the squad. Uh, but, yeah, donate that i'm gonna do that thing i promise i'm gonna do that thing as always i really gotta say go fishing Josh! peace out everybody we're gonna do it i wanted to get a haircut I, I honestly wanted to get a haircut before going on screen but uh i might just forego it anyway if that's the case i'm doing it i'm doing it this week i promise i'm gonna record with cartel look taking a look at the, the shirt asking you for one last week of donations and then we're going to wrap it up. Sucker out. My word. 
Uh, it's on my word. Uh, peace out, everyone. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.